Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Anthony Heron of the Pac-12 Network coming up here momentarily. Anthony Heron, always a good interview. Looking forward to getting his take on college football and, of course, the Pac-12 specifically. Gordon, I've asked a bunch of guests this uh, recently, but let me ask you, if um, the the Pac-12 season does happen, who would be your favorite? Probably Oregon. See, probably me too, except for, you know, we were talking about losing talent. They lost to, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. We seems to be the prevailing opinion that Oregon will uh, will still be pretty good. But they bring back, you know, the rest of the team. So, Yeah, my second choice would be SC because they've got a really, really good young quarterback. Who you – didn't you vote for him for Heisman <laughs> last year? Wasn't I'm he just, your – I'm uh, just egging the eye. Wasn't he your Heisman? No, he wasn't. No, uh, Keaton oh. Slovis. Uh, if USC puts it together, sure. I just haven't. Uh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yet. it's been a while. Right under it? under Clay Helton. Haven't seen mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a, it's a classic example of who who you're going to go with. You're going to go with someone who has proven uh, sort of a track record. You're going to go with someone who you think has talent. You know, we talked about that with the Utes. Whether the fact that Kyle Whittingham has this thing all just rolling in the right direction, and yet half his team got drafted by the NFL, and changing over a quarterback. I mean, yeah. same thing. And then Tyler Huntley, by the time he left Utah, was a, a pretty darn good quarterback. So there's some yeah. some production that's going to be uh, needed to to replace there. And and they they've got uh, a freshman they're going to get an opportunity. But I do believe that that's the reason they got a transfer too. Mm-hmm. Got to have solid play out of that uh, out of that position, and Andy yeah. Ludwig uh, has at times been a pretty good quarterback coach. So we'll see how it goes. You hit the nail on the head. If you don't have a quarterback in college football, good luck. Well, Alabama got away with it for a while. Well, that defense was so good, and the running game was so good. I mean, they kept yeah. just churning out uh, running. Uh, Wisconsin gets away with it, but they haven't won any national titles. Yeah, well, that's a steep standard if you're going to go with the national title. I mean, how many teams have done that? Right. I think I think Utah has been pretty good, uh, given its, uh, for the most part, average quarterback play over the past decade. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They made their rise. They did make their rise. Sorry, David James has called me for the second time, even though we're in segment. So. <laughs> What's, what's DJ calling you for? I don't, I don't know. In the middle of the segment? I don't maybe, know. Maybe he's just going to leave a message. He knows where I am. Hmm. I'm not sure. Anyway, I'll have to call David James Why don't you take during, his call on the air? Back during the break. Oh, I don't want to ambush him. We're, we're going to tease him enough today at 530. Why? That's always fun. I'm not, I don't want to ambush him. How do you ambush think him. I got Oh, hey, guys. Which was an incredible moment in radio history. That is true. So uh, we're still out to Anthony Heron. We'll uh, we'll try and get him and, and talk a little a little Pac-12 football. Well, a- answer my question that I brought up in the last segment, Jake. Okay. Uh, how are you feeling about college football today? It's like the weather. 
I mean, it changes day to day. Although there has been a gradual downward slide, are you are you feeling optimistic or are you feeling pessimistic? Well, I don't know. It's it sounds like something is sticking out to you that has swayed your opinion one way or another. What, what, was that, what would that be? I'm drooping, man. I I, I think uh, I just don't know how it's going to get done. There are so many variables. It's so fractured. Uh, there doesn't seem, although Mark Harlan did say that he thought that the P5 conferences were going to establish a standardized testing system. And if that gets done, then I would feel a little more optimistic about it. But there's the other factor of will there be students on campus? And the whole idea of, okay, you might have a few labs here or there, and that thereby that's going to justify us having 100 student-athletes out on the field playing football. I, I, I don't know if I buy into that, but we'll see. I mean, more shocking things have happened in recent years. Um, I think – let me put it this way. I think part of the reason you cut out the non-conference is so conferences can gear up to just – um, <laughs> make it happen regardless. Hmm. But right. that, that's that's part of the reason to do that. Now, does it mean that they inevitably will? I don't. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe maybe different factors happen. I mean, I, I I've brought this up with you. I mean, if the governor of California says you can't play football in my state. That's really going to impact what the Pac-12 is able to pull off, right? But I wonder what kind of political decision that would be. Would that be? Do you think that would be an unpopular decision? Yes. Do you think people are so concerned about public safety right now that they would actually welcome it because they're afraid of it too? No, I, I think it would be unpopular. Because um, even the SEC, I think, is wavering now. There, there's more waiver than there ever has been, and that's oh. why I'm saying I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I can really give you a good a- answer because I, I just am not sure how optimistic I really am. But they are preparing themselves uh, to, you know, move forward. They've, they've uh, reduced friction if they choose to do so. Let me put it that way. And, mm-hmm. and as far as politicians go, I mean, if, if. Governor Newsom again, just because we're talking about California, if he says uh, you can't play football period i could see him saying you can't have fans in the stands but i don't see him saying you can't play the game in my state so <laughs> with you know without that i think without the the absolute political you can't do this i think that at least some conferences are going to say okay well we're going to streamline this thing as much as possible and we're doing it but i don't know and maybe maybe different voices end up uh, uh, making their opinion, but I'm not sure, Gordon. I guess I don't really have a good answer for your for your question. Let's let's ask Anthony Heron, shall we? Yeah. Uh, he makes the magic happen at the uh, Pac-12 networks. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. He is Anthony Heron. Anthony, hello. Thanks for joining the show. Hey Gordon Scott, appreciate you guys for having me on, man. It's uh, been quite a quite a college football off season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could say that again for sure. Well, hey, weigh in on this conversation we were just having. We're kind of measuring the optimism that some sort of college football is going to happen one way or another. How optimistic are you? 
Um, I mean, on, on a scale of one to ten, I, I think I've vacillated over the past month anywhere from a, a negative two up to about a nine and a half. And I'd say as we sit here right now, I'm probably around a, I don't know, a, a six and a half. You know, I, I do still think there is going to, to be, I mean, I was just talking to a, an administrator literally just a, a few moments ago from a, a Power Five conference, and you know, I'm I'm still confident that everyone, of course, wants a season and that some version of it will be attempted. Um, that that confidence does dissipate a bit with with news like we've gotten over the past a week and a half to two weeks. But I think people are still looking for a number of different levers that can be pulled before they were just to before someone would either delay the start of the season or completely call off the fall sports calendar. But at the moment, I, I do believe, you know, honestly, whether right or wrong, but I do think that it is still more likely than not the college football season will begin. Whether it ends, though, might be a separate question. So what has to happen in order for it to fall into place? Well, the simplest way I suppose I would put it would be that the medicine needs to catch up to the money, you know, because that, that's one of the things that the revenue available to the Power Five conferences, that's certainly part of, and, and I think there's two different lanes to discuss this revenue track on, because the amount of money that is being lost, that has been lost, that would continue to be lost in the future without major college sports at, at the at the power five level especially with football if, if there's a, a diminished football season as, as it looks like we would definitively have and certainly if there's no football season that's part of the motivator and especially when the ivy league news happened where where they're postponing all their fall sports and i think a lot of folks viewed it just through the lens of well the ivy league doesn't necessarily have as much to lose from a revenue perspective so it makes that decision easier that's part of it. But I think especially when you look at the Power Five and the resources available to folks in, in the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the ACC, the Big 12, the SEC, they can just do more to try and keep their people who are going to be associated with these events safe. They, they just have more resources to do it. And I think that's a part of why the Ivy League was, was in a position to, to call their fall sports calendar off as well because they – they just felt like they couldn't necessarily protect folks. And I think that there's the institutions that at the highest of, of revenue levels, they're at least going to have the potential to do that. That's where the medicine needs to come into play. I, on the, I, I do a serious XM show, and on, on my show I had uh, Dr. Bill Maurice from the Mayo Clinic on my show a couple weeks ago, guys. And one of the things he was telling me was that he's not under the impression there's going to be a vaccine by the fall, but even without vaccination available, he did feel like there's progress being made towards actually having therapies in place. You know, the medical industry has continued to to learn about COVID-19 because this thing has only been around for a few months. And I, I got to remind folks of that a lot who make these presumptions, positive or negative, about where things will head, because even the smartest folks in the world don't know yet because there are no long-term studies about anything because it didn't exist before a few months ago. So that being said, I think that the medical industry is, is working. And the doctor from the Mayo Clinic was telling me that therapies could be in place that diminish the level of risk for severe, not, not just fatalities, but the severe health complications that 
that you do see at times here, even in, in young, healthy individuals who do have to go to the hospital or even end up in the ICU or those sorts of things, to diminish the, the risk and the amount of time that that would take place, he feels there will be those therapies in place in the at the time, it was within the next couple of months to come headed towards the fall sports calendar. Just that clock continues to tick on a daily basis. And if the medicine catches up to the money that's being devoted to trying to solve some of these big issues, then those with the most money who can put systems in place to account for it will, I think, have a great opportunity to, to activate some sort of a sports calendar. Anthony Heron is with us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What did you think about the decisions the Big Ten and Pac-12 made last week to to just go conference only? I suppose the word inevitable I would use for it. You know, we, it, it is one thing to to anticipate that coming and to know that so many folks in the in the power structure are working on those decisions and discussing so many different scenarios because of all the unknowns like I've been talking about here. And with that in mind, we've had an opportunity to talk about that for months now. Oh, what if they do this? What if they go conference only? What if they diminish the schedule? What if they start late? What if they go to the spring? But then when you see one of those major levers pulled from the major power players, from the Power Five, the Big Ten, and then the Pac-12, it's still a shock to the system. It's still makes things feel more real, more legitimate than when they're just in the discussion phase. And my impression, especially in retrospect, when you look at comments that come out afterwards from from the SEC and and the decision makers in the Big 12, I mean, these conference commissioners have been on at least weekly, if not multiple times a week, on calls, whether Zoom, telephone, you name it, just discussing all these scenarios. And it's seems fairly obvious that the SEC, the Big 12, to some extent, I think the ACC is, is in the middle of that a bit, but wanting to, to delay things as much as possible. And I think the Big 10, the Pac-12, seemed to, to just sort of get a bit impatient where they felt like they had a responsibility to essentially their constituency and those who they're most directly responsible for. And so that, that level was pulled there. I do believe that the rest of the Power Five will will end up following suit here in the near future. One thing that Mark Carlin said, Anthony, uh, the AD at Utah, the flexibility component to that conference-only situation, being able to push the season back if necessary, like you mentioned earlier. And he said that the, under this circumstance, they could push – they could push training camp all the way back till September and start play in October, and that they would be a little more nimble, more easier to do it that way than with a more cluttered schedule. Do you agree? I do. I do. I think that that thought of flexibility is, I think, as important as anything because of all these unknowns. Without without a knowledge, just the, the predictive nature of, of this is, is fairly minimal. Right now, just as we're all just sort of witnessing history, living history in the moment without any knowledge for what the future will hold with COVID-19 and, and therapies and vaccinations associated with it, the effects it has on the human body, whether or not the fall and the winter weather will have the effect that was initially predicted it would, because now the summer months don't necessarily you know, seem to be curtailing it in the way that, that some of the experts were hoping it would. So all those things, I, I think 
put the decision makers in a position to say, you know what, how can we make things as malleable as possible? How can we sort of be a, a bit of a sports chameleon and, and say that if, if a game here, say there's a couple of different teams within the Pac-12 who within the same week just don't, not, not that there's even severe health complications, but just have a bunch of guys in quarantine. And between quarantine and contact tracing and, you know, likely needing separate housing available to those who, who you have to separate from the pack, essentially, and all those things that require the major resources that I was talking about earlier, and that's why the Power Five is in a position to sort of at least attempt to move forward and kick the can down the road. But then after you're going through all those things, and if you have multiple teams, several teams perhaps in a given week that just don't have enough bodies to adequately compete, the more available weekends, the more basically what we would normally think of as bye weeks that people have in their schedule give you the ability to try and reschedule, to try and move games, and especially if there is diminished, uh, you know, a, a diminished amount of fans in the stadium, who knows, perhaps even no fans in the stadium if it came to that. So you're not even worried about tickets here and there and, and how bodies are going to move dates and those types of things. But I, I just think it, it makes – sense to, to see what the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have done so far, what I believe the rest of the Power Five will end up doing pretty soon here to try and give yourself as many levers as possible to complete the season. Like I was referencing earlier, I, I think the season is going to start. Completing the season will be a fairly Herculean task, you know, would be my assumption, just giving everything, given everything we're learning so far. Anthony, who would be your favorite in the Pac-12 right now? Oregon. You know, I, I, I tend to I tend to like to find some other dark horse somewhere, or, you know, some team that, that has been Utah a time or two in recent years. I'm like, you know what? I think those I think those youths are going to be right there nipping at the heels, that sort of thing. And you know, I just I don't see anyone as as well healed as Oregon is with with where the program has been in recent years, what's building as they seem to be ascending both on the field and off. And I was talking resources earlier. They, they put major resources into a quality coaching staff. And Mario Cristobal is this he's, – he's the, the steady force of intensity that that program really needed, I believe. And there, there are some, some similarities, I think, to especially behind closed doors to his personality and Tip Kelly to a certain extent when you think about it. And he certainly has learned from some great coaches over the years. And I just – I like a lot about what Mario Cristobal has brought to the table for the Ducks program that they really legitimately needed. You know, replacing Justin Herbert is no small task, but from what I've seen of Tyler Shuck, he, he has a, a similar stature, a similar arm talent, a similar mobility, and it's certainly going to be in a similar offensive system. And I, I just think that it, it's a program that's going to be hard to top. You know, there, there's other threats in the conference, no doubt. But no one, I would at the moment pick ahead of Oregon. And that, that's why it's so unfortunate. You know, we're talking Big Ten and Pac-12 and going conference only. Man, that, that Oregon-Ohio State game, that would have been something else to see that at the start of the season. Anthony, were you in favor of the of, of USC retaining Helton? Uh, what, what do you make of that situation? And is SC still SC? And if it does have the right leadership, can it recapture the glory of old, or do you think because of the situation they're in, as far as that staff goes, that it will be kind of a little more of the same? I was personally, I was in favor of, of Clay Helton being retained. I just, I think that 
the level of uncertainty and upheaval that we tend to see over and over again throughout college sports. You know, I, I think you know, like Nick Saban sort of infested the SEC with with the quick with the sort of quick tr- twitch to to want to get rid of coaches and bring in new bodies and feel like that things can sort of swiftly be remade. And Clay Helton, while you know in, from in LA, he's just, he's not a guy who brings some of that cachet, bravado, personality that. You know, we might be accustomed to when you think of Pete Carroll or Lane Kiffin or just the, the SC sort of coaches that, that give L.A. the sort of juice coming from the, the Trojan sidelines that you want. But overall, I think his presence, his demeanor is as steady as USC football has had in a long time. And I think that's beneficial to the program overall. I think there's a, a level of grit, of toughness, of finish, that he needs to continue to institute as he's done a nice job compiling talent, you know, from a recruiting standpoint because of the job uncertainty. That certainly has been hampered here as of late. But I think when it comes down to it, USC top to bottom is still one of the most talented teams in the Pac-12. And he's had a a more renewed focus on, on them getting bigger, deeper, more physical on the line of scrimmage. So, you know, to me, I'm, I'm all for being patient with coaches and I think this season is going to be a really telling one for Clay Helton. The, the, the new administration that came in, got new bosses, new leadership. They're going to evaluate things really closely. And, and in the end, I think this season will probably be one that tells the tale of whether or not he's going to continue to be the Trojans coach. Anthony, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. And let's hope we're watching a little college football sometime soon. Yeah, man. Fingers crossed. Let's hope we get as much football in this year as the good Lord allows. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. Stay well. There you go. Anthony Heron from the Pac-12 Networks. Uh, very everyone's good stuff asking, from Everyone's asking the same questions, Jake. Everyone, you know, that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, unprecedented, uh, unprecedented times, my man. We're we're all going yep. through this uh, one day at a time, no doubt. And no, and no one's really got the, the, the you know the magic answer. It, it's just. Um, Everybody is waiting and seeing. That's really what it comes down to. All right. It is the big show. We'll have more coming up next. Uh, don't forget a Mountain America market update at uh, 350. What's going on at four? David Locke at five. Oh, I solved the mystery, by the way. DJ was butt dialing me. Oh, oh so was he? he wasn't angry. No, no, no. I, I actually turned off my microphone during that interview because he had called me for a third time. And so I thought, I don't know what's going on here. Maybe it's an emergency or something. I picked it up, and he's barking at somebody about RSL highlights. Oh, we should have answered it on air. <laughs> Isn't really? that really weird that we were talking about DJ, and all of a sudden he starts butt dialing? I know. Come, it, come 5.30, everybody's going to be talking about DJ. That's uh, Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, th- that's never happened. DJ's never butt dialed me before. And yet today it happens three times in one segment. It was funny answering the phone and hearing him like, how about those RSL highlights I asked for? Okay, so wait a second. Answer me one thing real quick. When you butt dial someone, is it because the phone is turned toward the butt or is it away from the butt and the, it's really the seat that is uh, doing the dialing? And my Gordon's list open is complete. Uh, I don't know, Gordon. I'm not sure. Which is it? Is it the seat dialing or is it the butt dialing? And which is the best way to turn your phone when it's in your back pocket? 
I don't even know how it's possible to butt dial somebody anymore with technology and, you know, the like you have the swipes and passwords and yeah. face a, a, imprints a that, yeah, and, yeah. that you have to do to get into phones. <laughs> I don't know how that even happens anymore. Uh, but apparently it just was. All right. Stay tuned. We'll have more. So next. which way do you turn it? I don't know. Well, away or in? Not sure. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Uh, Gordon, you have a column up. Uh, headlined, if I survived the Missionary Training Center, NBA players can handle the Disney bubble. Uh, I I, uh, I didn't know uh, the, the MTC was so rough, I have to admit. Haven't experienced that before. You made it sound like it wasn't your favorite thing in the world. Nope, wasn't my favorite thing. Uh, when I got to Germany, I was happy to be able to wander around wherever I wanted and uh, not feel so confined. But uh, there is, I mean, obviously those are different experiences. But when I heard about players complaining about food and and confinement, I it made me think of that. So it's not a direct parallel, folks. Don't worry about that. But uh, the MTC, not uh, you learn a lot. I'll say it that way. But and maybe it's a part of being. A little bit on the immature side uh, as a teenager, uh, being separated from family and friends uh, the way it happens there is pretty tough. Pretty tough thing to do. And then the the conditions inside when I was there, not the greatest food. I lost a bunch of weight. Um, It's intensive study and it's uh, it's all kind of compelled and so that's not my favorite environment. Uh, this this has nothing to do with, with the conversation, but uh, the one time I lost the most weight in a short amount of time, Gordon, I can't remember how much it was, but it was something like 8, 10 pounds like you're talking about in like two weeks. It was when I got my braces on. Oh, really? Yeah. When and I was a teenager. They tightened up that wire and, and you couldn't chew anything? So when they would tighten it, you know, you'd go in every month or two months or whatever it was, and they'd, they'd tighten the wire. It'd be sore for like a, like a couple hours, maybe – you know, half a day and then it, no problem. But when, did you have braces? Austin, did you have yeah. braces when you were yeah, a kid? I did. No, I uh, escaped it. Well, you can, you can relate certainly, Gordon. You remember when they, like the, they first put them on and your, your whole mouth hurt for like two weeks. Yeah. I just stopped. I it was just, I don't want any more jello. I'll just move on. <laughs> and I, yeah, I lost like eight or eight or 10 pounds in like two weeks. Well, when they tighten up that wire, it makes every tooth ache. Uh, in a way that you can't put any pressure on it, as you know. I and, hated braces. Yeah. I know that's not yeah. really a controversial take. But, <laughs> but Breaking I, news. I just hated braces. Yeah. Everything about it. The complicated eating. It hurt. Heaven forbid you get rubber bands. Ugh, it makes your jaw hurt. God, I hated braces. Uh, but anyway, uh, so my overall takeaway from your, your column, Gordon, is is have a little discipline. You can make it through. Uh, whatever for the greater good. Yeah, is that what you were getting it's at? Not e- it's not easy, though. It is. It's a tall, tall ask. Now, it if, really is. if you would have had an agent when you were in the MTC, 
would you have called the agent and said, hey, me sneak, here. sneak me in some Cheetos, bro? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not in that environment. Austin, what was your experience? Uh, my experience with the MTC was quite literally what I would expect prison to be like, but in one of those nice high-end federal prisons. Like, there was not, I wasn't on complete lockdown. I was free to roam within the the walls. But uh, other than that, you ate, you exercised, you did your laundry when you were told to, and then you went back to your cinder block room to study. And when it was done in that cinder block room, you went back to your cinder block room to sleep on your cot. Uh, with four people in your room that you hated, and then when that was all done, it started over the next day. So it was a pleasant experience for you as well. Um, <laughs> how did, long? How long are you there? I was well, there just shy of three weeks because I wasn't learning a language. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it it ruined my life for three years. I'll tell you that. Huh? How and long were you there, Gordon? Learning the language part is pretty intense. It's uh, when I. When I went uh, there, you couldn't. The, the rule was you weren't supposed to speak your native tongue, and uh, that's pretty hard for somebody who doesn't know hardly anything about the language you're supposed to learn. So that two month period, I was there for about eight or nine weeks, and then you're out. And it felt I felt so relieved to uh, to be able to be. When I got to Germany, I was I was pretty happy to be out of that environment. And that that's just, maybe that was me, maybe others. I have talked with a few who really enjoyed it, uh, but it was the least favorite part of my entire experience. Now, I ask this question very much tongue-in-cheek, but was there a snitch line if you were speaking English? No, but there are some folks who are on the side, uh, sort of, you know, who would look down their schnoz at you if you cheated a little bit? What would, would if, they would they if tell I had on it you? To do, if I had it to do over again, I would have I would have cheated even more. I I would have I would have been more rebellious than I was because you can you can accomplish the things that you want to accomplish on a mission without necessarily being living the letter of every law. So, um, so if you were if you were going through the like lunch line or whatever for dinner, or I, I don't know how they serve meals, but let's uh, I'm picturing like cafeteria style, and you're trying to think of the word for Salisbury steak, and you get frustrated and just say, "Hey, just give me the stupid Salisbury steak." <laughs> somebody would somebody would would uh, would look down at that. Oh, pro- well, it was a rule not to not to speak English. I would call the snitch line immediately. Mm. Monson spoke English while ordering yeah, Salisbury I'm sure, steak. I'm sure you would, uh, but uh, it's <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> remember that line in uh, which which of the uh, Naked Gun movies was it when uh, Leslie Nielsen is is walking through the cafeteria in the prison and he said uh, he was narrating voiceover and he was narrating it and he said I was surrounded by cheats and criminals and thugs and all these other people. And he said, I felt like I was at a L.A. Raiders game. That was the third one, which I was thought my... you didn't like dumb humor. Movies. Yeah, you huh. did tell us yesterday. I told you, you that's like not humor. dumb. That's not dumb humor. Low the Ryan Reynolds fruit. movie was absolutely stupid. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so it, it's just, it was in my experience there, and I think it will be a tough adjustment. It has been a tough adjustment for some NBA players. 
just because you got you already got the the stress that comes with the COVID nineteen situation, which is causing and prompting all of this to begin with. So you're already stressed from that standpoint. You're away from your family if you have one. Everyone has a family, but I mean, you're away from if you have a wife and kids. Uh, that's that's tough to be isolated from them, and uh, and and for those who aren't married to be isolated from your comfort zone your 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 circle of 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 you know close people and now you're you're sort of just locked up in this environment it's uh that's that's a difficult thing for a lot of people especially when you're not used to it so you're it's a constant adjustment and i think that's what they're going through not to mention the other aspects of it that are inconvenient like these guys aren't eating the way they typically do they're they're you know they're they're having to adjust. That's really the word: constant adjustment. I did like it that you mixed in the the doubles ping pong joke there too. I felt like yeah. that was for me personally. It was. Thank you. That uh, mm-hmm. that uh, anyway that brightened my day. That made me smile. I was like, oh, Gordon told the doubles ping pong joke. All should right. I put in? Should I put a bit in parenthetical uh, clause there? You know, uh, uh, thanks to my coworker. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. I got I got yeah. the it, it, the the subtlety of it was. Was if anybody else, I'd be interested in knowing if any of our listeners uh, had a mission experience, and it, really I don't care whether you did or you didn't, you're just as good in my mind either way, but if you did, what was your MTC experience like? See, how, I, I've, how, how, how I've already got a couple it? of them, Gordon. And really? <laughs> let's see. Alive in Utah tweets in and says, MTC equals Provo Penitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, our friend Jeremy says, "Quit complaining about the MTC. I have to suffer through that for eleven. I had to suffer through that for eleven weeks. I was waiting on a visa. Oh, I would have, I would have sprung that place so quick. <laughs> that that would stink too, because you don't know when the visa is going to come through. So there's no like light at the end of the tunnel. I'm sure, or you're just sitting there like, oh man, this nah, could be. I, I just would have." Especially if I got there the day I was supposed to leave and get my visa, and they're like, oh, bad news. You got another nine days to be here. Be like, deuces. March on back to your cell. I'm, you got- I'm walking home. <laughs> not, I'm not I, staying in this spirit prison one more minute. I do have one confession to make. Um, oh, boy. Is this the time? Uh, we need to call your bishop. I did kiss my girlfriend twice. While at the MTC? MTC? At the airport. Well, is that not allowed? I don't understand. Like, you went to the MTC, then she met you at the airport on your way to Germany? Yeah, when they're saying goodbye. uh, I remember when when that was a thing. Not supposed to. We drove up to uh, Salt Lake International as a group that were leaving, and my family and my girlfriend were there. And Yep. I got a couple of good ones. Let me ask you this question. Oh, like wait, 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 wait. Let me let me ask you this question. Did you give her a kiss upon your return? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was open season then. Okay, all right. So you weren't. I mean, not, well, not. I mean, well, it wasn't. Oh, wow. Like she, yeah, no, it wasn't like, like that. Easy Elmer fun. I was more subtly asking if <laughs> if you got the the dear John letter while on your mission because I've heard a bunch no. of those stories. So that's that's no, all I, I did was not. Asking. Okay. I did not. Uh, how long had you been? Because this wasn't Lisa, obviously. How long no. uh, after you got home did did you crazy kids figure it out that you weren't meant to be? I don't know. I don't know. She she's just a fantastic person. I have nothing but good so things she to listens. say about her. I know she doesn't live here. 
Um, she might have family here, but she she I have nothing but good things to say about her, and uh, it's you know. No, well, sure okay, so happily married. Totally unrelated to your situation because I'm not familiar with it. So I, I'm just talk, talking talking in hypotheticals here. But let's say that you you had somebody wait for you because two years is a long time, right? Wait it for you on time. the mission. How much do you owe that person after you get back if you kind of realize like I'm not that into it? Well, uh, <laughs> do you do you owe them like six months? Okay, that's it. No, now you're hitting a, a sore spot. No, I, I don't know I, the details. I, I did, so I'm not. I'm, I, I'm speaking in hypotheticals here. I don't know I did, your situation. I, I didn't handle that situation as well as I should have. Okay. Well, so excuse me. I'm not trying to hit too close. No, no, it's, no, it's, it's fine. Just, I, I just was. Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I wish I'd uh, handled that a little differently than I did. But uh, again, nothing but compliments uh, to her. And so I never experienced the dear John, but uh, I did see some missionaries who did go through that. And it's, it's, it's not a happy day. No, I've heard a bunch of those dear John stories. I have, mm-hmm. I have a bunch of friends that got dear John on the old mission. Cause two years is a long time. That's a it long is a long time. time. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, that was an interesting segment. Anyway, Gordon's column up sltrib.com. SLTrib.com. Give Gordon's uh, column a perusing. We're going to hear those stories. I'd love to hear people because obviously a lot of our listeners, not everybody, and it doesn't matter whether you did or you didn't, but if you did and you had that experience, I'm I'm curious to know whether that was a a net positive, whether it was a net negative, uh, what's your individual frame of reference is on that one. All right, we'll have more coming up next. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it's another back-to-basketball update brought to you by our friends at Zions Bank. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's start off with uh, an actuality, shall we? Let's start off with Quinn Snyder, who says Stars players with the Jazz are playing a big role in practice. One of the biggest things they've done, you know, they've defended, particularly in a practice situation like this, having a group of guys come in and really guard. It challenges some of the guys, our rotational guys, to make plays and, and to be really good and have to make reads because the defense is good. So that's been a big help. And there's a learning curve, learning the communication system. They certainly did some of the things that we did, and they were with us periodically this year. But what they've done in these last you know a few days has been really important and it's not surprising to me that you know that our players you know have have recognized that other jazz news rudy gobert talked to espn's eric woodyard uh talking about the infamous snitch line uh said quote i don't know if someone's going to use it but i think it's sort of petty he went on to say quote at the same time you want to make sure that people respect the rules. And that is another Back to Basketball update brought to you by our friends at Zions Bank. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. So put your hands together and please welcome... This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. 
presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for another Mountain America market update. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's Brian Washburn with us on The Big Show. Hi, Brian. Hello. How are you guys? We are terrific. How do we do in the market today? Today was a good day. The Dow ended up 227 points. NASDAQ was up 29 points. And S&P 500 was up 52 points. Wow. That's uh, things seem to be trending upward. Are you a believer? <laughs> Always a believer, but uh, a lot of it is based on some good news that came out with uh, a possible breakthrough on a coronavirus, and, and of course, any uh, good news or positive news on a vaccine. The, the market definitely benefits from that. Any additional advice for our listeners? Yeah. So um, several years ago, the Wall Street Journal they they did a story about baseball. And they said that 90% of a baseball game, you're just standing around. And uh, a typical baseball game, there's only 18 minutes of action. And a typical football game, there's only 11 minutes of action. And it may sound boring, but it's a great metaphor for investing. And so with investing, a lot of time investors are listening to the news. They're watching the, uh, the CNBC, different channels like that, and, and getting caught up in the noise. And they feel like they've got to be making something happen all the time. They, they feel like they've got to be actively doing something with their investments. But really, the best thing to do is to create a strategy, stick with it, and then only make some changes a few times. And the best way to do that um, is to work with an advisor and, again, create that strategy and turn the noise down. Well, Brian, we appreciate uh, you jumping on with us as usual. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you. Have a great afternoon. There's our friend Brian Washburn from Mountain America Investment Services. And that is another Mountain America market update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. All right, there you go. So some good news there, Gordon. Yeah, I I, I feel... I feel right there with the market when you hear good news about the progress of a vaccine and just makes you feel a little better because there's so much at stake now with so many people who are hurting. And certainly in our world of sports, we'd like to see real progress made. And, of course, on a much more serious uh, note, you want uh, all those people who are uh, threatened by this virus to to have some some answers there and some protection so yeah so it's and people with the jobs that you bring up all the time and just like to have people better off that's all 
Coming up next, we've got What's Going On. We'll check in with DJ and PK. They had Aaron Falk on the air. We'll get you a clip from that. Hans and Scotty were talking uh, uh, a little bit about we were hitting on yesterday, Gordon, with uh, Tom Homo and BYU. We'll get to that straight ahead. It is The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.